And all God's people say it. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible real quick. Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15. We are going to conclude this story. And there ain't nothing like a happy ending. Are y'all with me? Listen, uh, I, I, I want to thank God for his blessings and his mercy, his goodness and his love. I mean, they're, they're, here's, here's one thing why you're turning. We, we have found out a young man made a bad decision. How many of y'all would agree with that? All right, pride has slipped in like it, like it normally does when we get to thinking more of ourselves than we ought to think and, and, and uh, that we're not getting what we deserve. Uh, and, and, and by the way, we're not getting what we deserve. We all deserve hell. Are y'all with me? But, but he got lifted up in pride. He made a, he made a terrible, terrible decision. Rebellion, uh, rebellion creeped up in his heart. And, uh, and because of that decision, he left a good place. He left a good place. A place that he couldn't see how good it was till he did leave it. And he ended up leaving the father's house and ended up in the fields of swine. Having spent all, having spent all, ladies and gentlemen, the devil will take you farther than you want to go. You can't play with sin. You can't play with it. You can't dibble-dabble. You, you just can't do it. You can't say, well, I'm just going to, I'm okay. I'm just not going to go that far. Once you make the choice, it's out of your hands. He'll take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and make you pay a whole lot more than you want to pay. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. But I'm glad. I'm glad. Even though we have made a bad decision, we have an opportunity to make a good decision. Are y'all with me? All right. Luke 15. Everybody's about to find their place. Luke 15. And we're going to begin reading. Uh, yeah, we're going to read something. <clears throat> hey, put it up on the board. Can you do that? There we go. There we go. Them words are big enough right there. Amen. All right, let's try this. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. You remember, if you wasn't here a couple weeks ago, that meant uh, I'd just soon you be dead because I want what's coming to me. I don't like this anymore. I don't want to live this anymore. I, I, I just want what's coming to me. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, say that with me. Say it again. That's where you're going to end up. There arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, yes, amen. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Thank you, sir. He, he can sing too, guys. 
Amen. Thank you, Brother Johnny. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the <laughs> Oh, yeah. The father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat. Say that with me. Let us eat. Amen. And be merry. It's time to party. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was. He was. And is. And they, in other words, they joined in the joy of the father. They began to be. They began to be. Married. Say, what happened? That young man dropped a pail, jumped a rail, and hit the trail. Are y'all with me? Now listen, we're gonna see, we're gonna see something huge today. More than anything, we're gonna see what this what brought about this young man's decision and what he 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 what what got him to do what he did. But the most important thing I want you to see is not the sinner. But I want you to see the Savior. The big deal about this story is not the sinner. It's the Savior. It is the joy of the Lord in saving the sinner. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for a great crowd this morning. Thank you for people that are hungry to hear your word. And I pray that you won't let them leave disappointed. God, I believe I have the word you want me to deliver, but I need the unction from on high. You know what's in my head right now. You know what's going through my mind. And I pray that you'll calm my spirit. I pray that you'll speak through me. Uh, Lord, use every word out of my mouth as, a, as a, a, a gospel trumpet. I pray that your perfect will be done. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. Don't let me forget anything I should. And God will praise you and thank you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Isn't it good to be saved? I, wanna, I, want, I want you to see something. <clears throat> this young man's in a bad way. <clears throat> he's in a bad way. He's sitting in a hog pen, and he's feeding swine, which is very humiliating to a, a Jewish lad. Uh, he, has, he has hit the bottom. He has hit the bottom. I don't know what it is about human nature that it, it takes us hitting the bottom before we'll ever look up. But he has hit the bottom. I mean, he's at the worst of the worst. He's at the, he's at the end of the road. That there's no, he cannot go any lower than he is right now. And we see this story. And this is, I want to say this kind of as a, uh, I, I don't know, a commercial before we go into this. The hard part, <clears throat> the hard part about salvation The hard part about salvation is not getting saved. The hard part about salvation, especially in America, is getting lost. Let me say that again. The hard part about salvation, especially in America, is not getting saved. The hard part about salvation is getting lost. Because everybody in America is a Christian. They, you, can, you can knock on most doors and, and, and they haven't been to church in 20 years. Maybe never even been in church and say, are you a Christian? Yes. Yeah. 
and in their minds they're a Christian because they were born in Alabama. They were born in the buckle of the Bible belt. Yes, I've, I've heard of Jesus, so that makes me a Christian. I'm from a Christian nation. I'm, I'm, and everybody, everybody has this idea that they're a good person. Everybody has this idea that, that, that because they've never, they've never stole anything or maybe they've never killed anybody, they've been a pretty good person and they've, they've done some pretty good deeds that God's going to be up in heaven and he's going to have this balance of, of, of good and bad and, and their good's going to outweigh their bad, so God's going to be a, a good man upstairs and let me in. And it's not hard getting somebody saved. What's hard is getting somebody lost. And you say, what's the big deal? Because you can't get saved till you get lost. And so we find this young man. And if you're taking notes, I want to go quickly through. I want to go quickly through number one because I want to hunker down in number two. Number one, we see, we see the sinner. We see this young man in a hog pen. We see this young man full of rebellion. Listen, he's full of rebellion and then he's full of regret. He's full of remorse. He's broken. He doesn't have nowhere to turn to. Nobody will give unto him. But I want you to see two things, two things. I want you to see his awareness. What does he come painfully, he becomes painfully aware of? And by the way, if you don't become aware of these things in your life, and I want to talk to, <clears throat> I want to talk to in this particular point, I want to talk to those of you in here that's away from God. And I want to talk to those who are far away from God or any amount away from God. You will never come to God and you will never restore your relationship with God if you don't become aware of some things. You don't become aware of some things. Now, the first thing you need to become aware of that we see in this story, what's he doing? He's sitting there. He's sitting there. He has nothing. He has nobody. He has no friends. He has nothing. Nothing. As long as he has money, he has friends. When the money ran out, the friends ran out. Young people take note of that. But he's sitting here with nothing. And the first thing, the first thing he becomes aware of is the plenty at the father's house. He said, he said, How many hired servants? And by the way, by the way, the hired servants was the day laborers. That was the day laborers. In that day, God commanded the nation of Israel to pay them daily. They didn't wait till Friday to get their check. They paid them daily because most people depended on that daily money for their daily food. And if they didn't get their daily money, they would starve to death. In other words, the the son is remembering the fact that the father was kind and generous and paid his people daily. And the first thing he remembers and the first thing he thinks of and becomes painfully aware of, God is a good God. My father is a good man. My father is a generous man. He even gives the day laborers more than enough. And you know what you need to know? You know what this world needs to know? You know what Skid Road needs to know? You know what every sinner in America needs to know? That there is a God in heaven and he's a good God. He's a loving God. He's a generous God. He is a great God. We serve a wonderful God. We serve a great God. It is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. He begins to think about the Father's house and how good it is. Let me tell you something. 
We need, to, we need to straighten up as Christians. We need to straighten up as Christians. You need to start looking like you got something good. Most Christians I know are whining on social media and walking around in the mully grubs and complaining about everything. You need to quit your complaining. Quit your complaining and go to claiming. Quit your whining and go to shining. Why? You have a great God. Hello. He's thinking. He becomes aware. Man, it's great at the Father's house. Boy, every, every sinner in the world needs to know there's a great God. There's a good God. But not only that. Not only that. We see... We see he's, he's thinking about the plenty of the Father's house. Man, every sinner needs to know there's a good God. There's plenty. But then he's thinking about this. He becomes aware of his perishing condition. His perishing condition. Write that word down if you're taking notes. You know what he's saying? I'm dying. I'm dying. Preacher, what's the point? You know what every sinner in here needs to understand? You're dying. You know what he said in John chapter number 3? He said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. This is Jesus speaking. Everybody, everybody thinks that, that your Christians are so judgmental. We're just so condemning you. No, I'm not condemning you. You're already condemned. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is And whether you know it or not, you're dying. Whether you know it or not, without God, you don't have any hope. Whether you know it or not, listen, hell is your destination. If you don't trust in Christ and believe in God, I'm telling you, you are perishing. Now think about that. Before he became aware of these things, he didn't have no desire. He thought everything was good as long as he had money in his pocket. As long as everything was going great. But boy, when he become aware of his condition, that's the second thing. After he become aware of his condition, he had to acknowledge some things. He had to acknowledge some things. Are y'all with me? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you the plan of salvation right here. You know what? A sinner will never come to God to be saved till he understands he's a sinner. You see what I'm saying? You won't get saved till you get lost. I don't want to go to a judgmental, condemning church. Well, you're never going to get saved then. Because you will never come into deliverance until you come under condemnation. you got to understand, you're perishing. There's no easy way for me to tell you, you're going to hell. You're condemned. For the wages of sin is death. There's no easy way to say that. I've sat in hospital rooms. I've sat in hospital rooms with doctors telling a patient, and some made me mad. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, do you have to be so? And it's almost, it's almost like the doctors were cold and callous and robotic. And, and then it's like the Holy Spirit says, well, how, how, how are you going to say it? You're not going to tell, tell them they're dying like, like they're going to Disney World. There's no easy way to do this. Are y'all with me? And so what I'm telling you is until you become aware of your situation, you're never going to get saved. 
Because you're never, you're never going to acknowledge what I'm fixing to tell you if you don't become aware of where you're at. But because he become aware of where he's at, that there is good things at the Father's house and he's dying. I am perishing with hunger. I'm going to die if I stay here. He acknowledged something. What did he acknowledge, preacher? First, he acknowledged what he did. What did he say? What did he say? What's the verse say? I have sinned against heaven. Now look, he even says he sinned against the Father too, right? Look what it says. Look what it says in verse number in verse number 18. Verse 18. When you get there, say amen. Verse 18. I will arise and go to my Father and I will say, what's he saying? I'm going to confess. I'm going to, I'm going to acknowledge. He says, I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against and now watch this, watch this. Brother John, if I have ever done you wrong, I need to make sure and make that right. But before I can make it right with you, I've got to make it right with the Father. You see, he rebelled against his Father. But his Father, watch this now, his Father was the God-given authority. So when he rebelled against his father, he rebelled against the heavenly father. And before you can make something right horizontally, y'all with me? You got to make it right this way. Before you can ever be saved, you got to make it right with the father. How do you make it right? He says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we'll come to God and say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. You've got to acknowledge what you did. Watch this one. This is, this is something. He not only acknowledged what he did, he acknowledged what he deserved. Watch this now. Watch this. I'm just reading it right out of the verse. I am no more. You want me to tell you why a lot of people won't get saved today? They think they're still worthy. They think they're still good. I'm not all that bad. Until you come to the place that you understand. And acknowledge the fact that you're not worthy. Preacher, where are you getting that from? The Bible says, for all have sinned. Watch this now. Watch this. For all have sinned and come of the glory of God. That means none of us are worthy. None of us are worthy. Nobody's good enough to get into heaven. Well, I tell you what, I've been a I don't care. Everybody in this room, including me, deserve to be in hell right now. But God. He says, man, I messed up. Man, I messed up. I have sinned. You see, he's acknowledging what he did. He's acknowledging what he deserves. You can't come to God 
Now watch this. Now everybody gets, everybody look at this. A lot of charismatic churches are really given a bad, bad portrayal of who God is. This name it and claim it crowd, this, it, 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 they're, 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 they're treating God like he owes them something. You don't command God to do anything. He had to come to his place. He had to come to a place in his life where he understood, I don't deserve anything. I don't even deserve to be in the family anymore. I am not worthy. That's where you got to get. You'll never get saved until you get there. Some of you have come and you've even prayed prayers, but you've never found yourself in the hog pen. You know the difference? I, I grew up in church. Y'all know my story. Y'all know my story. I grew up a preacher's kid. I, I, I could quote more scripture by the fourth grade than I can now. I've probably forgotten more than I can remember now, without a doubt. Went to Christian school, went to church. Sometimes I had to help my Sunday school teachers with the lesson. Y'all think I'm kidding. Now I'm telling you, if anybody knew the Bible, I knew it. I knew all about God. And I had made a profession before. But you know what I had to do to get saved? Understand none of that meant anything. God brought me into his presence. And I seen all them Bible verses meant zilch. The Bible says our righteousness, our good deeds, our good doings are as filthy rags in God's eyes. And I never got saved till I understood I'm not worthy. I am no good. I am a sinner. Does this make sense? Until he come to those two places. Until he come to a painful awareness of his situation and an acknowledgement of what he did, he would never come to the Father. But thank God he did. The Bible says when he came to himself, when reality finally set in, he said, I ain't staying here no more. They may kill me when I get there. Now remember, let's, let's go back. Let's go back. Remember, stay with me, guys. Stay with me. I promise you it's going to pick up from here. You just, that's the bad part. Let's get it over with. In that culture, you remember, it was a very dishonor and honor culture, honor-shame culture. How many of y'all know in that day there, there, there was an Old Testament, Old Testament law that if a son rebelled, you stone him? Y'all with me? Your kid rebels, you take him out and stone him. Boy, that would thin the herd today, wouldn't it? I mean, they took this seriously. And see, this was the deal. He did not just shame the father. He shamed the family. And he didn't just shame the family. He shamed the village. And when people did what he did, they would actually have a funeral. It was as if he had died, that he was no longer alive. He's no longer in the family. He's no longer in existence. They would have an actual funeral for something like this. 
And this kid knows if I go back, it's going to be humiliating. If I go back, there's a possibility I could be stoned. If I go back, listen, there's no telling what I'm going to have to deal with. I'm going to have to pay restitution the rest of my life. I'm going to have to be a slave, a servant the rest of my life. I've ruined it all. But if I don't do something, I'm still going to die. He said, I'm going back. Whatever I got to do. If I got to pay restitution as a servant, a slave in the father's house the rest of my life, that's what I'm going to do. If I got to suffer humiliation, that's what I'm going to do. Because I don't have no chance here. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're away from God right now, you don't have no chance where you're at. If you stay in the place that you're at, you're going to perish. But he came to the Father. Now, let's talk about the good part. That's the sinner. He said, I'm going home. Can you imagine it? How many of y'all have anxiety problems? Come on, raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. I got both mine up. I worry about everything. I know, I know it's a sin. I confess it every morning. But I do. I get nervous about things. I get nervous about if people don't speak to me. I think they're mad at me. And I just, I, I just got, I don't know. It's just an issue, man. I worry about you and your, your problems and your issues. And can you imagine what's going through this kid's head? What's he going to do? I was terrible to him. I was terrible to him. What's he going to do? How's he going to act? How's he going to treat me? Come on. Am I the only one who thinks like this? Come on. So he's coming home. He's coming home. He's probably closer he gets to home, the slower he walks. His head down. Now, keep in mind, I don't know, anybody ever had hogs? Swine? Pigs? Raise your hand if you had hogs. How many of y'all know if you hang around them, what happens? You stink like them. Right? I'm telling you, if you never had dogs, you don't understand this. I mean, you could, you could just be feeding them, and that, that stink will jump on you. And you smell like them, and you just, it's just, ah. Matter of fact, matter of fact, everybody in the village will know where he's been. Y'all with me? But it says, <laughs> while he was yet, a great way off. The father. You know what that tells me? Come on. He was looking. Every day. Every day. Maybe today. He was looking. Are y'all with me? Now watch. Now watch. You got to get this picture. Everybody thinks like he's wearing a suit. They didn't wear that back then, especially the older ones, the seasoned ones, right? The men of distinction. They wore robes all the way to the ground. I mean, it was even, even for men, it was a shame to show their legs. Are y'all with me? Especially older men. They didn't do that. They were distinguished. They were honorable. You didn't show your legs. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. How many, how, well, I ain't going to say how many men. Uh, how many of y'all know you can't run with a skirt on? 
I'm just trying to get you to understand. This old seasoned father sees a shameful son afar off. He ain't even got to the village yet. He hikes his skirt up. And runs. Come on, say it. He He runs. Now, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. If this young man comes into the village before the father can get to him, it's a possibility the village will stone him. And the father, come on, runs, runs, and falls on his neck. Are y'all with me? And it says, kissed him. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's not what that word means. If you look that word up, do you know what that word means? In, in the Greek, that word means. I see y'all hadn't done that in a while. Marriage class will be tonight. I'm going to help y'all with something. He couldn't stop kissing his boy. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not just being facetious. I'm going somewhere with this. This means something. You know what he did? He received him. That's the first word. If you want to write that down, he received him. He's coming. The boy's coming and saying, I don't deserve to be in a family. I don't deserve anything. But if you would just have mercy on me and make me, make me a what? Servant. Just make me as one of thy hired servants. All right? (laughs) You say, what's all that hiking to dress me? It was shameful. It was shameful for the father to show his legs. So y'all ain't even getting it yet. So they're not looking at the shameful son anymore. They're looking at the shameful father. And the father, I got God bumps on my arms right now. The father transferred all of the shame of the son upon himself. The Bible says when Jesus was on the cross, he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross despising the shame. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying when Jesus went to that cross, he took all of my sin, but he also took all of my shame. And I don't have to be ashamed anymore. I don't have to be embarrassed anymore because God took it all away. Come on, give him praise and glory. You see, he not only received his son, he removed his shame. Can you imagine those villagers? The villagers haven't even seen him yet. You know why? They wasn't. But all of a sudden, here's this old man probably with white, 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 white bird legs. Skirt hiked up, running to the village. 
what is his problem? That is shameful. <laughs> I, seen a, I seen a video one time, a picture of a, of a young man who was, who was obese. And he was in a gym. And his best friend was really, really healthy and buff and fit. And he was working out with him. But the best friend had a Batman outfit on. So that all the focus... And the mocking in the gym would be on the fool in the Batman outfit. Not on his buddy trying to get in shape. Y'all get it? Jesus took my shame and your shame. He was hung naked on a cross. And he despised it. He despised the shame. But he was sure looking forward to you coming home. You see, the father received him. You know what? Watch this. Watch this. This watch keeps catching on my britches. <clears throat> this, is, this is amazing. And, and, and see, this is why you need to read these stories over and over and over again because you'll miss it if you don't. When he's sitting in the hog pen, he said, you know what? I will say to the father. Watch this. I will. This is what he's saying. I will say to the father. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me one of thy hired servants. Now watch. How many of y'all would agree that's what he said? Everybody remember that? Where was he at when he said that? He's in the hog pen. Look in verse number. Look in, in verse number. Now this is after the father got to him, right? Fell on his neck, hugged him, squeezed him, stinking all. Right? Now watch. And the son said, verse 21, the son said, I have sinned against heaven. Did he say he was going to say that? Yep. And in thy sight, did he say he was going to say that? And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Something's missing. That's not all he said he was going to say. What's missing? Make me a hired servant. Why didn't he say that? Why didn't he say that? Because the hug let him know he was receiving him home. Even though he knew he wasn't worthy to be his son. He knew in his father's eyes he was still a. I know what you're thinking. I don't know why you're doing that because you've never had that hug. You've never had that. You've never, you've never been guilty. You've never been down. You've never been in the hog pen and come back to the father and felt the love and the affection and the joy of the father knowing you don't deserve to be a son. But you are. Church say amen. Watch this here too. It's some more. Watch this. He received the guilty. He removed the shame. He restored 
He said, bring, look what he says. Look what he says. Now watch this. I love this part. This is great. You got you to read this. Watch. The son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Watch this. Watch the father's reactions. But the father said to his He didn't even acknowledge it. Did y'all catch that? He's like, it was like he didn't hear a word he said. Amen. Hey, boys. <laughs> hey, bring the best robe. By the way, who would wear the best robe in a family? And not only that, bring a ring and some shoes. You see, family members wore shoes. Servants and slaves didn't wear shoes. Only sons. He restored him. Now, if the devil's ever taken you farther than you want to go, made you pay more than you want to pay, and kept you longer than you want to stay, and wrung you out dry, you appreciate what I just said. Mm. Bring the best robe. When I was a little kid, when I was a little kid, I'd go in my my dad's closet. He'd be going to work. He's a bivocational pastor. And I'd put it on his big old jacket. I know I don't look like it now, but I was a wormy thing back then. I mean, I, 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 went, I played Pop Warner football, and they had, you had to weigh in because you, you were based on your weight, not necessarily your age. And, and I, I, I weighed in one year, I was 85 pounds. Second year, I was 85 pounds and a quarter. <clears throat> I gained a quarter of a pound in a whole year. <clears throat> and I was a little bitty thing. And y'all, y'all, my dad, you know, he's lost a lot of weight, to, but he was, he was large back then. Man, that old jacket, it just, it just enclosed me like a tent. And my dad, he'd always put that clone. It'd be all over his jacket. And when, I, when I'd put that jacket on, You know what I'd smell? I'd smell the Father. Y'all ain't getting it yet. When you get saved, God puts on you a robe of righteousness. And God doesn't smell the sin of sin. He smells his own sin. Because it is not your righteousness that's getting you in. It's the Father's righteousness. Yeah, come on, yeah I'm, I'm having a good time whether you like it or not. So now he's no longer smelling like the swine. He's smelling like the... Y'all with me? Now here's the, here's the whole... All three of these sermons are for this point. Okay? It's for this point. And, and, and write the word down. Write the word rejoice down. Hurry up and write that down and put your pen down and look at me. Don't shut your mind. Just look at me. He rejoiced. Kill the fatted calf. 
barbecue. And I have a feeling they had some potato to go along with that. You see, we planned a barbecue potato sale on the day. No, we didn't really do that. That was God doing that. Kill the fatted calf. What is, what is the father saying? This is a big deal. You don't, you, don't, you don't kill the fatted calf for just anything. Y'all with me? Because this is an agricultural society. You're killing your profits. You reproduce. And whatever you kill, you don't get nothing back out of it. So God is saying this is a huge deal. Are y'all with me? Now let's go back a minute. Look at me, everybody. See, I'm early, guys. I'm early. Y'all, y'all trying to check out on me already. Look at me, everybody. In the balcony, can I get your undivided attention for just a minute? Because this is really, this is the whole point. In this same chapter, in the same chapter, there's three stories he tells. Lost silver. Remember the woman that lost, lost the coin? Swept the house as she found it. A lost sheep. Remember? Remember? This means yes. This means no. If you don't remember, go read it. But Jesus tells the story of a lost sheep. They leave the 99, find the one, right? The, the lost silver, what happens, what happens with the woman when, when, she, when she finds the silver? She calls everybody, woo, and celebrates. And you celebrate about the found sheep. And they're having a throw-down party. You say, how do you know it's a throw-down party? Because the son can hear it, the second son, before he ever gets home. Now, you know they're getting down because they, they don't have electric back then. Y'all with me? There was no electric radios or anything, boom boxes. Son, they was getting down. Now, watch. Let me show you something. Look in Luke 15, and here's the point. Here's the point. Look in verse number 7. All right, verse 6 says, When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and saying, What's that word? Rejoice with me. What does the man do that finds the sheep? He calls everybody and says, Rejoice. Come on, everybody. Rejoice. Rejoice with me. All right? Why? Verse 7. Everybody there say amen. amen. I say unto you that just like that man who is deliriously excited over finding that lost sheep, Likewise, just like that, joy, say it with me, come on, say it like feeling, come on, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, over one sinner that repenteth. Look in verse number 10, verse 10, no, no, verse 9, verse 9, the woman finds her coin. The woman finds her coin, and when she has found it, she calleth her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had. Likewise, come on, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one that. Now, let me give you the point. Let me give you the point. 
while, while you get ready. <clears throat> don't, 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 don't. Look at me. Look at me. The whole reason for these three stories that Jesus told is because Jesus was hanging out with sinners and the religious people didn't like it. They were angry. They were mad. Jesus was hanging out with people that were sinners. No self-respecting prophet would ever find himself with the lowest of society. What's he doing hanging out with these rejects? What's he doing hanging out with these sinners? What's he doing hanging out with these people? And so Jesus tells these stories. Look at me, guys. Don't focus on them. Focus on me because this is the point. Jesus, let me tell you something. There's a man who lost a sheep and he found it. And when he found it, he called everybody and said, rejoice with me. And there was a woman who lost a coin, lost some silver. And when she found it, she called everybody and said, come and rejoice with me. And there was a man who had two sons. And when his son was found, he called everybody and said, come and rejoice with me. Here's the point. They're mad because sinners are getting in. The second son comes and says, what's happening? Well, man, your brother come home, you know, that one that wasted his substance on riotous living. He come home, your dad's so jacked about it, he threw a party. What? What? He ain't never done that for me. You see, the second son didn't have a relationship with the father either. He got mad. Now, I'd like to tell you the rest of that story is that the, the father gets with the older son, and he does. He said, what are you doing, man? What, what are you doing? You never, thrown a, you, you, you never killed a, a, a goat for me. What, what? He said, look, son, all I got is yours. Do you remember he done divide unto them his living? He's already got everything. He said, you're upset about, he, he's back, he's home, he's safe. Now, I'd like to tell you that the moral of this story is that the younger or the older son said, man, you know what, that's great. We should celebrate sinners getting in. But if you want to get the truth of the story, the younger son took a stick and beat his father to death. Somebody has got to keep law and order around here. So where did you get that? You see, this father is the type of Jesus. And the Pharisees was the older son. And the Pharisees didn't like Jesus hanging out with sinners, so they beat him to death with a cross. But let me tell you something. If you're here and you're away from God... God will take you just like you are. He can't wait for you to come home. Don't stay where you are. We're going to hear a song, and right after this song, I'm going to give an invitation. And if you're away from God, if you're away from God, come home. The Father's looking for you. The father knew you'd be here. Matter of fact, while the song's being played, I want our, our, our altar workers just get in play because they may not even want to wait till the end of the song.
I'm just telling you now, if you're away from God, you're going to perish. You're going to die where you are. I'm not saying this to condemn you. You're already condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. Listen, come home. The Father's waiting to receive you. Come home. Bring the lights down. Almighty God, the great I am, immovable rock, omnipotent, powerful, awesome Lord, victorious warrior. Commanding King of Kings, the mighty conqueror, and the only time, oh, the only time I ever saw him run was when he ran to me, he took me in his arms, held my head to his chest. Said my son's come home again, lifted my face, wiped the tears from my eyes with forgiveness in his voice. He said, Son, do you know I still love you? He called me by surprise when God The day I left home, I knew I'd broken his heart, and I wondered then if things could ever be the same. But then one night, I remembered his love for me. Then down a dusty road. Ahead I could see it was the only time It was the only time I ever saw him run And then he ran to me He took me in his arms Held my head to his chest Said my son's come home again Lifted my face Wiped the tears from my eyes With forgiveness in his voice He said, son, do you know I still love you? He called me by surprise Oh, and he brought me to my knees When God ran I saw him run so ashamed all alone and so far away oh but now I know that he's been waiting for this day 
took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said, my son's come home again, lifted my face, wiped the tears from my eyes, with forgiveness in his voice, he said, son, do you know I still love you? He ran to me. He'll take you just like you are. But he won't leave you that way. Just sing it, Daddy. Just keep on singing. Then he ran to me. Took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said, My son's come home again, lifted my face, wiped the tears from my eyes with forgiveness in his voice. He said, Son, do you know I still love you? He called me by surprise. God ran, and then he ran to me, he took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said my son's come home again, lifted my face, wiped the tears from my eyes, with forgiveness in his voice, he said, son, do you know I still love Give God praise and glory. Amen.